Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm... Who would I be? I guess I'd be Paul Rudd's character. I don't really know his name. No, I think you would be... Uh, what's his name? Bert? The guy from... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I love Manjapani. I like Rug. Well, I'm really glad we're doing this after Game 3 and not after Game 2 because I'm in a completely different mood. Yeah. It's funny because if you're listening, I text Michael after Game 2. I'm like, pod or wait till... Uh... No, it was a live. I'm like, do you want to go live? You're like, no, I was way too fucking mad. I, I can't. I was way too mad. And it's like, the thing is, like, it's it's so weird because you, you always say this. Like, it is. got to ride the wave of emotion. Like, it's true. the kind of games you want to be in, right? Yeah. So I, I find myself, like, trying to not be mad, overly dramatically mad when they lose and not overly dramatically happy when they win. But then sometimes it's like, fuck it. That's the point of this whole – that's the point of all this. Yeah. That's, why I'm, that's why I'm so invested in it. If I didn't care game to game, it wouldn't matter. So if you're out there feeling like an idiot because you – we're ready to jump off a cliff and trade everyone and fire everyone after game two. And now you're like, oh, this team might win the Stanley Cup. Don't feel too bad. because that's, that's the point of all this. If you don't care, what's the point? Plus, it's virtually impossible to do anyways. So, have at it. Exactly. And it's it's so weird how, like, game one, they were up. And I'm like, every you know, you, you know how when they're winning, your confirmation bias is like the opposite. Somebody tries to play that doesn't work. And you're like, oh, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like the creativity there. Yeah, keep trying that. But then when they're like trailing in game two and somebody does something, you're like, who is that? Oh, it's Hannafin. What a dope. I hate that guy. I wish he'd get off this team. Then next game they're winning, playing well. It's like, yeah, you know what? He's actually, I don't mind him. He's like, pretty good. It's like, ooh, nice little play there by Hannafin. <laughs> Although Hannafin tends to fuck up in every single game. but You know what I think really helps you? and uh, Well, it helps me, so I'm, I don't know if it helps you or not, but you and I do a lot of texting like in the game. And it, it's a nice way to vent instead of like, if I if I text if I tweeted half the shit I texted to you, nobody would listen to us, dude. I know, right? Oh my god, like, we're so bad texting. That, that oh, dude, it's it, the worst. Yeah, it's it, literally it, like game two. You don't even want to know what was going on in that text. That was just something else. <laughs> oh god. One day maybe we'll screenshot and release them, but. It's yeah, funny. We'll be in big trouble. But but we know that it's a safe space. You know we can just go off and you, and it's it's very cathartic. I must say. Well, the thing is too, like that's what's so goddamn frustrating about this team because you've seen three games and I mean like probably they didn't play as and they didn't not probably they didn't play as bad in game two as we were led to believe and how we've been expressing it. Like I mean. They didn't play as bad as everybody claims they did in Game 2. They probably didn't play as good as they did claim, everybody claimed in Game 1 or 3, right? So it's just it's so weird how losing just completely changes everything. But it is frustrating when you've watched this team pull this axe for probably the last two or three years where it's yeah. just like they come out in Game 1 and show like, well, holy shit, this team like, they're fired up. They look like they're an elite team in the Western Conference. And then Game 2... They, they like they don't show up they don't even start playing until like halfway through the game so yeah. it's just that's why it gets so frustrating it's like my thing after game two is like i just think i wish they would just suck or be good not do this stupid tease thing where it's like they're amazing or they suck yeah and it's funny because i think we talked about this pretty much all year long like how many podcasts did we come on here and we're like yeah i'm 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 right on the band i'm right on the wagon again <laughs> like i'll die for this fucking team and then it's just like two days later, just like, why did I fucking believe? Why did I trust? It's like an abusive relationship. Why did I trust that? He's going to punch me in the face again. <laughs> Seriously. And I bet it's like that for most fan bases. But I guess when it's just yours, you just feel that way specifically. I yes. Think it's but, totally true with this team. But have they not yo-yoed to the extreme this year? I feel oh, like. It's, been, it's I, been insane. I feel like after that first game, I bought right back in, man, so hard. And I was like, you Do know what? Me? These, it, this is how we're going to play in the playoffs, right? From now on. No. Come out. And then, yeah, the, I know. And then I think half of it, too, is you have, like, is it, the PTSD is real, man. We have post-traumatic stress disorder from yo-yoing so hard all year. Yeah. Like, even, like, the fact of, like, they were always trailing. It's so hard as a fan to be, always be trailing. It's bad enough as a player, as a team, to always be, like, having to come from behind, but, like, 
to always be down as a fan. It's fucking hard. I know. Well, you you posted something today. It was like the Flames have the have averaged the most time, third third most in the league this year, trailing in front of only Ottawa and Detroit. So it's like that's what we've been putting up with all year. It's like we're always goddamn playing catch up all the time. Yeah, and you it, never just sit down and relax and watch a game. And it would be one thing if you were markedly bad, like the fucking Red Wings or the Senators. But here yeah. we are, a playoff team, potentially on the verge of, you know, making it out of the qualifying round. Like we've been a playoff team all year, yet we have to deal with having the you know, we're like we're, we trail only less in throughout the entire season on an average more than Detroit and Senators. Like that's that's who we're grouping ourselves with here. That molds you into a crazy fan. Yes. So like, I, I agree. When either it, scored first, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Right? It's like, okay, can now we play, on, play hockey now? Can we play now? Okay, yeah, we can. And I bet you it is so all fan. It's all it's fandom alone. That's what it is. And it's all fan bases go through. But I feel like this year especially, it's even more polarizing for us as Flames fans. Totally. I think the thing that was the most frustrating about Game 2, and we'll get to, into it more specifically... But it was like the fact that they battled back, and I, it was like as soon as Bennett scored that second goal, I was like, okay, fresh start. You've had a pretty crappy game. Let's go. And then they let it get away from them again. That's what was more frustrating to me than anything. Yeah. It's like I, you, you battled back, and then you fucked it up again. It seems to me like there's been a lot of penalties called in pretty much all the games I've been watching. Oh, my Lord. Um, but that game two, what was it, six? Both, both teams had six power plays? The officiating as a whole has been fucking atrocious. Like, even today, it was I thought it was crappy today. And I, f- I mean, a lot of the other games I watched, it's been terrible, too. Like, did you see anything in that Pittsburgh-Montreal game yesterday? It was brutal. It just seems every game I turn on, it's like every 90 seconds, there's a power play. It's it's weird. I don't I don't know what's going on. Like and it's I don't even think that it's like the NHL always has a problem with the officiating, but I, I haven't seen this consistently <laughs> like on both sides too. Like today that Morrissey slash Yeah. Two, like, how was that how was that a penalty? That was bad. That was a bad call. And I mean I the the call on Lucic, I know some fans didn't like it. I thought that was pretty weak. I thought like it's not only is it a lot of weak calls, it's a lot of calls that don't make sense. It's a lot of just, like, we're taking one guy calls. It's just really weird, man. Yeah, but in game two, we had, like, was it Lucic, Ronaldo, and Mangiapane? Was it Lucic with the, with the first cross-check? I know for sure Ronaldo... I believe, I, I'm pretty sure Ronaldo got the first one. Okay, and I know, like, those are fucking dumb penalties. Yeah, And, and I get it, maybe... Like, I, I tweeted this, and I said, did the league at least warn all the GMs that they were going to start calling everything? For right. sure, this is not traditionally how we've seen playoff hockey be officiated. It's been, it's like the crackdown is unbelievable. It's almost like they're calling more penalties than you'd expect in the regular season. So, I, well, get, again, like- I get it. Guys, like, think they can get away with stuff because usually they can in the past, but... It's not happening, but still, those fucking cross checks, cross checks are fucking dumb penalties. I'm surprised. I'm even surprised Ronaldo would take that stupid of a penalty. I'm surprised Lucci would take that stupid of a penalty. But then Monge, come on, man! Like you know, that's coming. Control your emotions. Yeah, Monge's Monge's was, I think, for me, and maybe it's just I'm defending my my lover boy here. But it was just like that was near the end of the game, and it was like they hadn't called anything. He got hooked on that play. They didn't call it. He got slashed on that play. They didn't call it. So I don't know. Like for me, when I look at the officiating and I see I see calls like that, and I see guys getting frustrated taking dumb penalties, it's like, well, you should have called the game consistently. These guys wouldn't get mad. Like that's kind of what was going on in the Pittsburgh game too. Is like there were so many penalties, you could tell the players were just getting really, really frustrated. Man, it's like I just wish that the officiating. And again, I don't even mind if they're if they're cracking down, but crack down across the board. Like don't just call random shit. If you're gonna call one thing, call it, like it just. The lack of consistency is what drives me insane. Like, I mean, even on that Muzzin play today where Muzzin got hurt really bad, I, I haven't heard anything. Um, but, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois pretty much nailed him with a... Not that he led to the energy, but Dubois cross-checked him like two seconds before. And, again, not that it caused it, but 
He got caught with a cross-check that they didn't call. So it's just the lack of inconsistency is just mind-blowing. And it fucks with the game, too. It's like, it's so weird. The, the two games the Flames have won, the Jets actually outplayed them 5-on-5 five five in terms of their underlying possession numbers. But the Flames crushed them on the power play and the penalty kill the two games that they've won. Yeah. So it's like, it's literally all come down to special teams. Who's winning these games? And if the Flames had scored a one power play goal on the 600 million power plays they had in game two, they probably would have won game two. Hell, if they could have even just averaged one shot per power play. They didn't even get that one. Was, that was pathetic. That was painful to watch. And, it, okay, I, I I didn't expect to get into this this early, but it, you kind of had, like, this idea that you floated past me the other day that I really liked. Explain your idea of, like, this this under this overcoaching thing. The overcoaching. I thought that was your idea, but anyways, we'll get into I think it. it. Was it yours? I think you put it in my brain. I thought you put it in my brain today. Well, I mean, we're – well, whatever. I think you texted – didn't you text me today? And you were like, if anything... Yeah, I, oh, oh, I remember why. It's because you were talking oh, about oh, um, how, oh, how to never mind. combat I know, the Jets' aggressive penalty kill. I know what you're talking about, yeah. I thought... Yeah. But let's go to your point that you made today, which is like, these guys are too coachable. But anyways, coming back to this, we'll wrap it all together. On the power play, you're so, you, like, the difference between power play today in Game 3 versus yesterday in Game 2, the Jets were playing extremely aggressive which I've always been a fan of in that style of PK, but yeah. it can only get you so far. What happens is you start running out of, you start running yourself out of position. So it only works until the team figures out how to play around it, which they did today. We saw that. But yesterday, and this is coming back to your point of like the overcoaching on the power play, it's like if you get if the other team's playing that aggressive, that means you don't really have a lot of time to set up and do set plays, right? And so that's what I, what from what I noticed, what we saw in game two, which is the team was just trying to keep, kept, keep on forcing those set plays, those set plays, even though they could never fucking do it because they were just getting way too pressured. Whereas I think I texted you after the game or during whatever yesterday, when they're playing that aggressive, you don't fucking try any set plays. You just move the puck around the horn as quickly as you can. We saw them do that phenomenally in, was it in Dallas? I think it was against Dallas for sure. I think it was in Dallas earlier on in the season where it's just like, holy shit. There was like 22 passes in like a 10, 12 second se- sequence. It was unreal. But it's the same thing. You got to you gotta work it around the horn. And we saw that today. And they had way better support for the guy with the puck. Like Monaghan came up onto the half boards there a few times. And that made a world of a difference. As soon as they did that, it was a quick little, um, you know, give and go pass to from Johnny down to Monty up to uh, Gus at the top of the slot, which then opens everything up because then he moves it real quickly. It's like you just you got to move it around. And I guess the other point is you kept we keep hearing this narrative, and this was obviously before today, right? Of like. Oh, this core is not coachable. I mean, that's the default, right? You go to when you yo-yo down after game two, right? Trade the players. These guys, we got to break it up. They're not coachable. It's the core. It's the core. It's the core. And and then I think you made a great point today. You're texting me. You just said, like, if anything, they're too coachable. Like, look at the PP yesterday. It's just like, no, they're going to stick to their guns the way that the coach wants them to roll with it instead of someone just being like, you know, fuck this. It's not working. Let's change it up, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, all the power play goals we've seen them score, for the most part, have not been off any of those dumb set plays. And not that all set plays are dumb. But, like, when you watch them on the power play and watch them in Game 2 go 0 for 6, they, they force those passes. Johnny's forcing that cross-ice pass to Lindholm, or they're for, they're forcing that kind of, like, high-slot pass to Monaghan. But then all the goals you've seen them score, like the backland power play goal in Game 1, came from exactly what you're talking about. You're just working the puck around until somebody's open and some jet is out of position and then there's a guy open because you're on the man advantage and then Backlund's all alone in front and he can bury it. We saw that t- we saw a play with Gus today on the Lindholm kind of tip goal. Just like just move the puck. Lindholm found the soft spot and was wide open. Yeah. And then you saw it again with with Monahan's goal too. It was just like they're moving the puck. Monahan bounces on a loose puck. What you? So it's just like. What you're referring to is just called instinctive gut reaction. Just like let them play exactly. hockey with an extra man advantage. I think if you're on the power play, your mandate is just like we want a lot of puck movement. We try to find some open scenes, open seams, and we rely first and foremost on our natural instinct with the man advantage with this highly skilled group that we have. 
Second, I think secondary to that, that's when you have your set plays. It's like, okay, they're totally backing off now because we're just fucking it. You know, passing it so well, they can't fucking keep up. Because so now, yep. now the Jets are stationed. Now let's try a set play, right? But I think primary to that, like you got to just fucking let your instincts take over, and that's what we saw in the Gus goal, which was fuck that play from Gus. Yeah, dude, that impressed the hell out of me because that that was some serious vision. I gotta say, I am liking Gus on on the top power play unit for sure, a lot yep. more than Geo. There was a play Geo made today where he had the puck at the point and he did in class Geo fashion, just kind of floated a wrister. <laughs> into Hellebuck and it was just like then you look at the difference between the two goals Gus has created on the power play over the three games and it's like yeah I think I think right now Gus is is pretty effective on that on that point yeah as as the so. series goes on and the longer you know he gets reps with that unit he's I think I agree he's to me is more of an impact uh more more of a danger he's more of a threat from the point because Gio doesn't have necessarily have the same vision. He's got a Gio has a great shot, but Gio has a great shot from basically the top of the circles down. I mean, we've seen a lot of goals in his career from the blue line as well, but from that PP, you don't really see him too much of a threat. Um, whereas Gus, what I've seen so far is he's got a shooter first mentality. He's not afraid to rip it, which then yeah. over time the jets have to adjust to that and they have to respect him, which then now you get the flanks open more often. I think he's, he's got a little bit more vision than Gio and he's got a little bit more um, of a shot kind of instinct on how to, how to make it a threat. Well, yeah, that play he made to Lindholm today was a perfect example of that. That was, that was great vision, man. Like he knew Lindholm was there and he just put it right where it needed to go. Yeah. It was perfect. That goal was fucking awesome because that was the first time we actually saw that whole Monaghan come down. He's only like two feet away from Johnny, but it works so well. And then quick up to Gus, which because it opens up the passing lane, right? And then he takes it down, man. And again, great vision. It was yeah. Not only was it a great goal, but holy shit, did we need that goal? Yes, we needed a power play goal. Like we needed so a bad. goal to tie up the game, and we needed it on the power play, like. Yes, yeah, when when Ehler scored that goal, I I wasn't sure. I was like, holy fuck, here we go again. Here we go again. It's going to be one of those nights. Especially the kind of goal that scored. Like, he literally hit him on a breakaway pass from behind his own net. I'm not really sure Man, what that Finn was doing. Like, what is he doing? That was weird, but when you watch it from that camera angle that's, like, in the stands where it's, like, behind Hellebuck, like, you get the bird's eye view from behind Yeah, Hellebuck. I don't know where Ehlers came from. It just was. It was one of those plays where I think Rudy mentioned it's like that's something you you do in practice, like yeah. you know, fifty times, and it works once, like out of, one time out of a hundred in a game, and it's just it just developed that way, I guess. But it was hard, really, even though every you know, there's a lot of guys at a position, but I don't know, it's hard to really pin that on one guy. It was weird. I thought, but it was super yeah. weird. But that's how, that's how the Jets. That's how their offense rolls man that quick strike offense. Yeah, off the like, rush ooh. all right and honestly that was a pretty that was a pretty sick finish but yeah it didn't even look like it went back he fired that that release was incredible dude i like nikolai Ehlers. if if he doesn't hate us too much after this year and the jets want to trade him he'd be a beautiful fit in our top six i don't know if uh having i think the jets are gonna fucking hate our guts after this dude game. it's crazy how much they hate kachuk the fans hate kachuk now <laughs> like it's on edmonton level of Kachuk hate probably even more actually. Like I don't know how much I don't know how much of a sample Instagram is because it's probably just like twelve year old kids who are crazy. But they don't like they don't uh, they don't take kindly to Mr. Matthew Kachuk on, on pretty much anywhere. So it's, it's yeah, <laughs> I haven't noticed it near as bad on Twitter. But then again, like Edmonton fans, they like I, there'll be some tweets I make and it's like how did they even find that? Yeah, I know. Whereas like. They, like the Amazon fans, they'll hardcore seek you out oh, for days. Whereas totally. I don't know if the, I haven't, I haven't really had much from Jets. I've had fans, a, few, but. I've had a few seek me out, just in like random comments. But again, like Instagram's mostly like young, younger kids, so it's probably just some, yeah. some butthurt young, <laughs> young bucks. All right, so Jets strike first in all three games, and we're not surprised in the least. Nope. But what's what was your overall kind of breakdown of game two? I know that. Um, you know, the, from the you posted the analytics after the game, we we slightly had the edge in the in the expected goals for category, like say fifty three percent. 
Um, but generating high scoring chances, like we had zero. Like they kept us to the perimeter. Exactly. And what 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 made me most frustrated about yesterday's game um, was when they had the the net empty, and Johnny and Monty they were starting to really press. And it's like they started to look fucking dangerous, and it's just like, yo, all you had to do was have like a little bit of urgency for like the, somewhere in the last fifty eight minutes, and you know. We wouldn't even be in this situation. Why'd you have to fucking wait that's, till one? That's what left? was so frustrating about that game yesterday. Because, like I said previously, it's like once they tied it up at two two, I was like, "Okay, we can reset and we can still win this game." Like, a to start that game, you're, the Jets without their two best players, that is a absolutely unbelievable opportunity for you to go ahead in this series. Like, this series could have probably should have been over today. Number two, you've yeah. seen you at that point, Connor Hellebuck. He didn't play. He didn't. Steal a show in game one. He sure shit wasn't stealing in game two. You had a chance to beat them no. when their best player wasn't at the top of his game and wasn't having to be at the top yeah. of his game because you didn't really show up to play. So the, the thing that was most frustrating is, like, even if the Flames had, like, shown up on time and played up to their capabilities somewhat, you win. Score you win one fucking power play goal. Yeah, exactly. You, one power you play score play. one power play That's why it was so goddamn frustrating, I think, for a lot of fans. is like, if you had just show Because it's not like... I. From my perspective, the Jets did not outplay the Flames yesterday by a wide margin. They weren't that good. Like, I mean, maybe no. they didn't even outplay them no. as, as the game went on, for sure. I mean, the Flames pressed later. And, I mean, like, that's what was so goddamn frustrating. It was like, it was just there. All you had to do was play. You didn't even have to play your best. Just, like, show up at least, you know? And like you said, press a yeah. little bit earlier than within the last two minutes. Yeah. So that's what was so frustrating. It's interesting. It's interesting we were texting last night and you were like, yeah, I'm watching the game again. I went back and watched a little bit of the game again. And it's so funny how, you know, how nervous you are when you're watching it live because you don't know what's going to happen. But if you already know the outcome, even though I know we were going to lose, I had like no emotion attached. I'm like, oh, yeah, we didn't actually play that bad of a game. No, no. It's like, it's like. It's like you were saying earlier, like things like are way out of proportion on either end, right? Whether you're winning or losing. It's, it's just really odd. It's exactly true. Like, did they really even play that bad? No, really. They didn't generate much. Yeah. But, again, I think that's what's so it's, frustrating it's, is, like, you had this great opportunity. It's like all you had to do was play good, and you didn't. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, it's like you knew that the Jets were going to respond. You saw, you've saw we've seen this with all the series so far. Going into this playoffs, right, there's only been a few series that you're like, yeah, that's probably – pretty one-sided yeah. like the canes like they swept today um but some of the other series it's just like yeah they're all tied up at one and that's kind of you know it's not surprising that whoever the team that loses the first is going to have come back with you know they don't want to they don't want to go down to nothing no one wants to go down to nothing if you go down to nothing you're pretty much oh done. i think the stat is so, only one in the, they used to do best of fives back in the day and there's only been one team that's ever come back from a 2-0 hole in a best of five yeah like that game yesterday especially without line a and and uh, Shifley, that might be the best, um, the best performance we will, might see from the Jets. Exactly. Yeah. The more like that, yeah, you know. Totally. And then now it's today. It's today was the Flames' time turn to respond because uh, they don't want to go down two yeah. one. So you know the Jets will will see, will see a similar performance from them tomorrow, but or not tomorrow, but the next Thursday. game. Um, but again, it's just like I think. Usually, when you get this later in the series, everybody you know they're fighting for your life, yeah. so you're not going out e- easy. But well, and the other thing yeah. is too, like again, like it's it's so weird how we've already got back into this mindset. It's like these guys have been off for four months. Yeah, like for them to just come out and like not be lights out in their second game in four, like their second actual game in four months, like that's true. It's like yeah. I kind of forgot for some for some reason I was like, oh shit, yeah, I forgot this season's been on pause for half the year. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. It was it was kind of just like rewatching. It, I I urge you if you're if you have the time and it's a really frustrating loss, going back and rewatching the game is actually is actually a good thing to do because it gives you some good perspective. But again, like, yep. it's it's and obviously this is a pretty obvious statement. The fact that they showed up like they did today pretty much nullifies all of not nullifies all of them because they could do exactly what they did in game two but i mean i'm feeling a lot better especially based on how they won and who was responsible for their winning their top players today were absolutely their top players 
Yeah. Like, no doubt at all. Because it's, it seems every time, it seems like some Beetlejuice shit. It's like, every time I'm like, okay, this guy needs to be better. It literally happened. Kachuk scored his goal today. And, like, moments moments earlier, I think I had texted you, like, literally within minutes. I was like, we still need to see more from 19 because he's been involved, but he has done dick all on the scoreboard for the, for the first two and a half games. And then he gets that sweet goal. So, like, yep. ev- everybody who needed to show up today showed up. I thought Gaudreau was good. I thought Monaghan was good. I thought that the 3M line was absolutely lights out. So the, the fact that they responded today is incredibly encouraging and is a great sign. Yep. So now we've planted the seed of doubt within the Jets. I think for the most part they see what we're capable of. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond for game four. Um, but honestly, man, like it, if they still don't have Shifley yeah, and Liney, that's gonna be way like, too tough. It that's a big uphill battle for them. Like, who do they really have for secondary scoring? Um, all we need is probably three or four goals, right? So we just need another solid yeah. game. Stick to the game plan. Keep rolling on the PP, and hopefully, there's no game five. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, I mean, Andrew Kopp's a good player, but I mean, for him to be a him to be a top line center in in a playoff series that's pretty tough i mean adam lowry has had a good series but he's nowhere near top six forward in my opinion and i mean like my sense of this series going into it was even if the jets were healthy if the 3m line kind of the one thing i i was thinking heading into it was if the 3m line could continue where they left off in the regular season which is being a dominant possession line and a dominant line five on five then we would win this series. And we saw that today. Like, that's a recipe for winning because those guys dominated 5-on-5 today. And then Monaghan and Gaudreau were able to get some work done on the power play, and that is how – and you scored scored six goals. Yep. Yep. The 3M line, when they're going, they they tilt the matchup enough in your favor that you're most likely – you have a really good chance of winning. Like, they were dynamite today. And all three of them were dynamite in in the ways that they need to be. Like, how good was Andrew Mangiapane today down low? Andrew Mangiapane was fucking great today. He was great. Those two goals – I'm sorry, but those two goals – I mean, Chucky's finish was pretty excellent. Blackton had a wide-open net. And did you see Hellebuck? He, he like – he was, I don't know, man. Sw- I, yeah. I think Somebody maybe two, two every it, yeah. t- two at every ten times he might actually save that because back of my fire in his glove. But um, those goals are all Mangiapane, man. Those are in exceptional. Those are exceptional examples of his ability a to forecheck, b to be able to pull to retrieve pucks, and I mean, see, a lot of guys would just fire that in front of the net blindly. Like, not only did he. No, he, he yeah he showed the exactly. patience even on the Chucky yeah. goal, even on the Chucky goal he held on to it a little bit extra longer to wait till he got open. Like if you all go back and watch that, um, man, this he this guy's good. Yeah, no, that he's those legit. Were excellent plays, and I mean, and he was getting some love on the broadcast today, which is nice to see. Yeah, too. he's he was excellent today. He's probably for me for my money. I, I thought Backlund was absolutely exceptional, but probably low key Andrew Mangiapane is the best player on the ice today. He was great. Yeah. Um, we still haven't seen anything from Wheeler, so I'll I'll probably just go ahead and predict now that Wheeler might make some noise in Game Four. Maybe it's enough for the Jets. Maybe it's not. But um, maybe I don't know. Maybe he got his bell rung a bit when with that fight with Chucky. Like he's been pretty ineffective. Yeah. Like has he not? again, who have been the Jets? Who who have you noticed on the Jets the most? Like Ehlers has been very good. I mean, like Adam Lowry was you- great last in Game Two. Ehlers has been their best player. Yeah, easily. Um, I mean... And Connor's been Connor's been Connor's good. Been around. I, I, I've been a little yet. underwhelmed with his performance so far, but I mean... He... Forbert seems to have him own him on the two... When Connor has a two-on-one, he has the puck. Forbert seems to be able to own him. He's done it twice Jeez, now. Poor Forbert and Tucker Pullman today both got some nice... Jesus Christ. Those pucks in the yeah, face. Yeah, well, Tucker, Pull, Tucker Pullman... He blocked that with his face intentionally. Was his, Whereas <laughs> poor forward just like standing there, he just gets wailed with that as it deflects off Cam's pad. Holy crap, that was unreal. Yeah. So the so yeah, Ehlers, Connor, um, and then probably Cop and and Lowry. But well, it's it. like in game one, it's like, and I think you saw it again today. Like 
I mean, I know Ehlers had that that quick strike goal today, and Cop made a nice play down low on their on one of their power plays. But I mean, like in game one, the Flames were stifled. Like the Jets had nothing in game one. Yeah, I like know. They did. nothing. The Flames were denying their zone entries. They weren't being able to set up. Like they they really had nothing. And I get that's what happens when you you know when you're without a lot of your players, <laughs> I guess. But I mean, yeah. and they're just outmatched at this point. A hundred percent. And you said this last podcast. It's funny how the goaltending really hasn't swayed the hasn't swayed the series in either direction at all. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Talbot's best game was probably yes yesterday yep. in the game we lost. Um, and Hellebuck's best game was probably today in a game where the Flames scored six goals, one empty netter. I mean, I don't know if it was his best game. He made he made a few really good saves in game two. He robbed Backlund, um, but he made that insane yep. save on Bennett, like one of the first shifts. And that's another line I want to talk about right now is that that Bennett Lucic Dubé line. Okay. Loki Dylan Dubé is having a breakout performance. He's been all. He's so been it was awesome. interesting because because yesterday he got benched, which I didn't think was warranted at all. Even though I know everyone, I know he fucked up on that goal, but come on, it's just one goal. Yeah, there was a couple actually instances today where. He definitely failed his defensive assignment. Yeah. So, but you know, it's a like honestly, it's fast. If you go to these games and you sit down in the lower bowl, you realize, holy shit! But I mean, this game is fucking hard. That that line is like, and again, like, I, I just, I know there's a lot of people who think Sam Bennett is just like, it's just so funny. It's like he's been so underutilized by this team. It's like, does he not look? 150 million Dude. times more engaged just from the fact that he gets to play his natural position and knows who he's going to be playing with and knows that he's an important part of the team. Is he you see him play the way he is is he not a third line center on any team? Exactly. Like and he I, he hasn't even been the best player on that line I don't think. Like again like Dubé's had some of the best underlying numbers in terms of expected goals for percentages. I mean his possession numbers have been pretty good. Like and I mean even that play he made today on the on the on Lucic's power play goal, like I I've I kind of figured he was shooting that for a rebound. That was a really nice play by Dubé. He just I, dude, he knew what he was doing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He was shooting that for a rebound. And I mean like just the just the way that line like I mean for me I don't beggars it's can't be like, choosers, honestly. I want to see this third line continue to gel yeah. because if they do, it's like. They're the they're the line of misfits, are they exactly. not? Exactly. Bennett Lucic. Like you got fucking you got Dubé who's fucking been hated by the coaches since the fucking moment he got here. You got fucking Lucic is just like It's Lucic. Yep. And then Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett, everybody no, no explanation needed there. It's kinda of funny, like the three of them together. Yeah, it's it's I mean I mean I like I said, beggars can't be choosers. he's been good, but I mean his foot speed has been exposed a little bit, Lucic, I mean. Just seen game two, yep. um, but I mean that line, the way they've been able to forecheck and get the cycle going, like that's that's an that's a that's something this team definitely didn't have from, have from their third line last year. It's something we haven't seen from their third line for most of this year. Like I mean, even if you have Derek Ryan on that line, it's definitely not a yep. super strong forechecking line. What it's like with Sam Bennett. So I mean, they've been able to get that cycle going. They've been able to wear some guys down. I I I've liked that line a lot, but specifically, I think Dylan Dubé. And hopefully he starts putting up some points to, to back it up. I mean, he's got a couple of assists, but I mean, I've been really impressed with Dylan Dubé. He he's kind of having a nice little Andrew Mangiapane like playoff, I think. Cool. What'd you think of Janko? Janko draws <laughs> in, Ronaldo's out, and for the I, yeah. for the first half of the game, I was pretty unimpressed. But then he put together a few decent shifts in the second. half. Well, the half. thing with him, and it's like if you if you've been kind of following us on it. Instagram doing like I've been vocal like I have not liked the Ronaldo thing since like I don't I don't mind it if it's one game okay like he's in there for an exhibition and like honestly I don't mind it if it's like I don't mind scratching Mark Jankowski don't don't get me wrong you know like dude yeah. has dude has been pretty much a disappointment all season it seems like what does it take to get this guy engaged in a hockey game what does it take to get him going like I mean he got he got fucking benched in an exhibition game after being form after being off for four months. Like, are you kidding me? So it's not like I'm Mark Jankowski's biggest defender out here, but it's just when you're in a playoff series and the Jets have a lot of skill up front and they have a, until their injuries, they had a relatively deep forward pool, 
for me, I just would like somebody on your fourth line who can actually give you something. I realize Ronaldo has that kind of energy factor, but after you see him play games one and two and get absolutely crushed in his own zone, and then he took that really dumb penalty in game two, it's just like you really need yep. to have somebody who can at least, at the very least, hold their own in their own zone. And fortunately, yep. that's one thing. Mark, that's the one thing Mark Jankowski can do. I mean, I was pretty underwhelmed by him today. I mean, the bar was pretty low. It's pretty much like don't fuck up. And I guess yep. he did that. But, I mean, I was kind of hoping for a little more from a guy who, like, again, like, you've been a regular in this lineup for, what, three years now? And then you get yeah. benched and scratched in the playoffs? Like, you'd think you'd just come out flying. And and what's he going to do in a limited ice time? But I, I thought he was okay. But I, I was, I yeah. to be honest, I was, like, a little disappointed. I didn't see him. He had that one two-on-one, not two-on-one, but kind of break with Lindholm. And yep. you could tell he was, yep. A, rusty, B, scared out oh, of his he, goddamn mind. He could not wait to get rid of the puck. Exactly. exactly. Like, why is he so scared? Like, what is his deal? Why is he so frightened all the time? Dude, he's like so so tall. He's he doesn't. He's not like he's a skinny. He's not like he's skinny. And it's like, not like he's a bad player either. That's what's always so confusing. No, it's like, like he's got he, skill. He's got. He's gonna have skill and size. If he keeps his head up, he's gonna be like fine. Like, why does he can't wait to get rid of the puck? Yeah. Maybe it's just a confidence thing at this point. Yeah, I mean, what is the what do you got to do for this guy's confidence? But I agree, man. Like I was, you know, I was fine with the Ronaldo thing after game one. After game two, I was kind of like, well, I don't really do much for you mean game one. Yeah. And then after game two, it's like, get him out of there. He's a liability. Yeah, he his like that fourth line he, got crushed he's, in game two, man. The fourth line got crushed. He was bad in his own end. He wasn't even that good in the in the offensive end. He did they even spend any time in the offensive times. zone? Well, I saw a couple of offensive turnovers too, and then that fucking penalty. Like, come on. This guy's a veteran. He's supposed to be, you know, one of your leaders in terms of, you know, bringing intensity. Like, come on. You can be cross-checking people from behind and not expect you to get to Again, be called. Again, what was like, the, what with the bare minimum for Zach Ronaldo's, like, four minutes of ice time, I was like, okay, you're probably going to get screwed in your own zone because you suck in your own zone. You're probably not going to score. But, like, what's the absolute one thing you cannot, 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 cannot do? Take a dumb penalty. Took a dumb penalty. So... Exactly. I mean, you and like, and like, come on, we got fucking Lucic, Bennett, and Dubé in a line. You got Chucky with his antics. You got Ras in there. Like, we don't really need Ronaldo as a tough yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. That's why Lucic. That's why Lucic alone is there. Not like you said alone. Rasmus, Bennett, even Forbert to an extent. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forbert's been. And I, too. I really, you know what? Like, I heard Steinberg. He was just like. I don't, I, I'm kind of a little confused with some guys who I tend to agree with a lot, like Kent Wilson and, and Pat Steinberg, were talking about how much they're like, oh, we've got to get Forbert off or limit his ice time. I've been fine with Derek Forbert, especially on the penalty kill, man. He's done some excellent work in the defense. Like on that five-on-three yesterday, the full two-minute five-on-three that they killed off and then were scored on immediately after, like he was fucking awesome on that five-on-three. Yep. And I've said this to my brother, like I'm, we're we're living together right now and we're watching the games, but it's really nice to have a D-man that actually punishes people in his own end. Like we're, you know, maybe I got too used to Robin Regeer just fucking <laughs> rubbing guys into the boards until like into next Wednesday. <laughs> it's just like I need to see some smashing, but like no one, not even Rass plays the body too much, mostly because he's just p- so good positionally. Geo's not laying out bodies. Like, he's just running into guys more often than not. But Forbert actually can deliver some punishment in his own end, which is nice. I think it's, honestly, man, to me, that's the most effective way to break up a cycle. I don't like, I hate watching us play man-to-man, get cycled down in our own end, playing man-to-man without any co- body contact. Like, all you have to do is hit a guy, Take him out of the play, and now that guy's gone from the cycle. And if he loses some footing, he's like, he's not getting back in. Yeah, and I'm not saying like Derek Forward has like blown my socks off. And again, like if you, I, I personally would probably prefer Shillington's abilities there. And I mean, they're far better defensemen than Derek Forward. But I mean, like I, I don't think he's been too bad to be honest. No. So no. I and, and the other thing and that's then, weird is like while we're on the D pairing, is like I don't, I have not been particularly impressed with with TJ Brody and Mark Giordano. Have you? They've been okay, uh, but I don't I mean, know. Like, I mean, what they've probably been is slightly above replacement, right? If you're looking at the underlying metrics, yeah, like, but like, I know what you mean. They've been fine defensively, 
but there's been a lot of turnovers, especially with Geo, and then there hasn't really been much offensive contributions like, from those guys either. Did you watch that shift in Game Two where Giordano? Like it was probably the worst shift I've ever seen him play. He like tripped, gave the puck away, tripped again, dumped. Like I don't know what he was doing, but like, yeah, I haven't been super super happy with like how the top pairing is played. To be honest, like honestly, even though he's had a few really noticeable fuck ups, like no. Noah Hannafin, well, Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin has been, have been your best pairing through three games. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's it's probably pretty even, but you'd expect that top pairing to, to always be better than those yeah, two. Yeah, and I mean, like, Hannafin's kind of having a Brody situation where it's like, he's actually been pretty good, but he's fucked up pretty mammothly in almost, like, every game in a way that's like, what right. are you doing? So it's like he he's had those colossal errors, but I mean for the most part he hasn't been too bad uh, for sixty minutes. So, and again they yeah. they, they haven't hope. had to put off with much, with much seeing that you know Shifley and Line aren't playing. Yeah, that's true. I got through three. I'm 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 pretty I'm okay. With, I'm happy with where we're at to fit with our deep pairings. Right? Yeah, no, me too. Because just I don't I don't think they've lost you the game. I don't think they've they've been much of a liability. We've lost we. You know, we we struggled yesterday for other reasons, but yeah, the all we got to as long as they you know, maybe you know, like you said, it's been five months, so it might it might take the def, the defense to adjust a little forward, a little quicker than the forwards, yeah. or a little more longer than the forwards. And I mean, yeah, like game game two again, rewatching it was was good because it was just like you know what they were just they were pretty much they should have been better, they should have been better, but. It wasn't that bad, and they were one, maybe one bounce away from winning that game. One power play goal away from winning yeah. that game. Yep. Yeah. And to, to wrap up on Jankowski, that's the best the fourth lines looks in the series. Oh yeah, it was Two, today. Totally. So. I mean, you can you can put them out there at least, and that's I think Jeff's gonna roll with that for the rest of the series, and probably for if they go to the first round of the playoffs, because I know he. I, I think like the him scratching Jankowski was no was no small thing for him because like we we've seen him probably play Jankowski too much this season. Like we've heard him talk a lot about yeah. how he likes to match up that fourth line against other teams' top lines, which at sometimes is a great luxury, but then at other times when you see like, oh geez, Mark Jankowski's taking this defensive zone face off against Jack Eichel yeah. and it's like what the fuck's going on here? So I if you I, I I've criticized. We've criticized Mark Jankowski a shit ton. I don't think having a f- your fourth line is not going to make all the difference, as we saw today. Your best players, your best players, and you won. But I mean, having a fourth line that you can actually put out there and roll your lines and not have to like be worried about one guy who like literally can barely play hockey—that's that's generally a plus. And I do hope Jankowski gets his shit together because like I'd kind of like to see him, you know, revive his career a little bit after a really rough season. Yep. As much as we, you know, we're harp on him, I'm sec- both of us secretly fucking pulling for him. Like, come on, Dude, totally. Like, you know what? We want we want just, Jay Feaster, just for him as a yeah. We want Jay Feaster to finally, you know, we want Jay Feaster's prediction of him being Joe Neonike to come true. You know. So how many times are we gonna say this? Which is, thank God for Lindholm. Jesus I wonder God. if there's a stat out there where you Dude, can figure is. out how many I. How many first goals has this guy Dude, scored? I swear for to us? God, I can't. Oh, okay, I gotta pull it up right now because I was on some uh, stat site that like tracks weird stats. Shit, what is it? But it was like there was this stat called like clutch stats or something, and it was like I swear for a team that is third worst in the league for trailing, someone who scores your first goal eighty percent of the time, like Elias. Yes, Arnold, here we like, go. Thank. The fucking lord. Okay, so it's it's on this it's on this website called morehockeystats.com. It looks like it's some website from like two thousand one. It's so HTML, but but it's a uh, it's this thing called clutch players. So the cu- clutch player often refers to players who score crucial goals of the game. So these are game ending goals, game winning goals, late game winning goals, late tying goals, late game tying goals. Um, right now, Elias Lindholm is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on this list with a twelve and a half rating. He has eight clutch goals this year. He's in the top ten in terms of clutch goal scoring. He has okay, some other names on that 
some other names on the top list. Top of the list is J.G. Peugeot, Oliver oh. Bjorkstrand, Leon Dreisaitl, Brad Marchand, Mark Scheifele, David Pasternak, Kyle Palmieri. So it, it is funny because, like, how many times, like, and it's weird because I, I'm a guy who, like, kind of pumps the brakes on, on Lindholm, people thinking, like, Lindholm is this next Patrice Bergeron. But the dude is fucking clutch. And it dude, seems... How, like, how many how many times did he scored the first goal for us when it just looked like they were just going to lay Well, like, in game two, it life. was like, you were just, like, all hope was lost. You were like, fuck this team. I'm never watching another game. I, I was it's I was literally in the middle of a rant about how Lindholm was doing nothing and he scored in game two, and then again today it's like you needed that first you needed that tying goal so bad and he scored it he's so clutch. Yeah. Oh thank God for Lindholm on the power play, on the power play. So, yeah. great great play. Yeah. Well, how was well, how'd the goal go in again? I can't uh, Gus from the. I'm thinking I can remember yesterday. Yeah, but. Gus from the half. Oh yeah, right. Nice yeah, we talked about that. Deflection. that. Yeah, it, it was yeah, great. That goal. was epic. And then I mean, like, to, I was impressed with their ability to. From that point forward, I kind of felt like the Flames were in control of the game. Even though the Jets well, really pressed as, in the third period in terms of like shot attempts and stuff, yeah. I I didn't feel that the Flames were out of control of that game when after Lindholm scored that goal. As soon as Backlund scored, that's kind of when it turned for yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Obviously, Lucic scored right after. You know, it came back. But then I started feeling good, and then, and then it was just like the floodgates opened yeah. up. And that's what that's what's happened with his offense, and we haven't seen it as much this year for whatever reason, but it's like that's kind of what would happen last year, right? And that's what made them so successful is they would just have that, like, bang, 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 this team's done, and we're not letting them back in the game, right? Yep. We haven't seen that as much this year, obviously. But that's one of the hallmarks of what made this team so good last year is their ability to just, like, finish teams off and score in bunches. And like you said, the floodgates opened so much last year. That's why they won 50 games. Yeah, that's – and we saw it today. We saw it today. It's that second period, man. They... That poor – dude, okay. It's a talking point. So, like, what did you think about the Lucic-John goal? Well, I, I – you know what? I agree with the call. The only problem I have with it is not from what we saw this year, but what I saw from last year, which is just like I've seen way worse, more egregious, you know, contact made that were called goals. Um, If if I'm holding goalie interference by a certain standard and I keep it consistent, I would call that back too. Um, I think where I have an issue with it is that that was fucking nothing compared to some shit I saw last year that was that was called a goal. So um, that's where I'm at with it. I think that's probably why there is controversy around it too. But I don't know where, where you sit with it. You know, that. I don't like it just because I don't think Dubé hindered Hellebuck's ability to stop the puck. I don't know. Yeah. If, if Dubé is called for goal interference, like what is Eakin doing? He's He's... He's attacking a player who doesn't have the puck. That's interference. So if you're going to call Dubé for interference, you should call Eakin for interference on Dubé. I don't think Eakin pushed him into him, and I, I certainly don't think Dubé went in there by accident. Like, he knew what he was doing. But I, yeah. I I don't know. And the thing with goalie interference is like, okay, well, isn't goalie interference a penalty? That's what I'll never understand about these goalie interference calls. It's like, well, if he interfered with the goalie, he should be in the penalty box. How can you, you can just have non-penalty goalie interference? Like, what is that? That's stupid. I don't get that. It's either a penalty yeah, it's and it's funny. goalie interference and the goal comes back, or it's not goalie interference. It's just I don't understand the standard. And, again, like I said, yeah. I don't think he interfered with Hellebuck's ability to stop the puck. If anything, Eakin standing in front of him did. But, again, yeah. the fact that the Flames well, came back and scored, like, what, two minutes later? Yeah. That, that's the other The other issue with it, the other issue, the issue with it, too, is, like, if there's – if the goalie's own defenseman has his own contact with his own goalie and there's some forward contact, like who initiated the contact? I think the first contact was with the D man and then it was with Dubé afterwards. So who really interfered? And then the other thing is like the blue paint. Yeah. We saw goals get called back. I think it was Mark Andre. Exactly. But if, if you're a player standing in the blue paint and a, and a goalie is trying to go move by laterally, he bumps into you. We saw that get called back too. It's like, yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, this is a whole other topic. Yeah, if of, it had been of what this, what, the thing that I'm glad about is that need the Flames squashed it. Like that's what you want. Yeah, you don't want to come exactly. back from like, oh fuck, if only we let that had that goal. It's like no, they came back on on the power play and Monahan scored a big goal. And I'd crush Monahan yeah. after game two. It's like because the the thing with him that we always say is like, well, he only scores goals, and that's a double edged sword because when he's scoring goals, yeah. it's like holy fuck, I'm glad we have this guy on our team. When he's not scoring goals, it's like why is this guy on our team? Yep, and it's so true because if he doesn't score that goal, you're like, well, Monahan did fucking dick all again today. <laughs> but then he scores that goal. It's a clutch goal. It puts you out by two again. And that was a, t- that was just a like, tough yeah. goal, dude, because if you watch the replay, that puck yep. was fluttering like crazy. Like, he had to crowd that puck well, pretty he, well. And, like, is there any better finisher on the no, team than Sean Monahan from, from in the slot where there? That's where he's been waiting for that goal this whole series, dude. Yeah. So that and like Johnny was Johnny was great today. Dude, he buzzing was, around. He was excellent. I thought like again, as good as the three M line was, as good as the Dubé Lucic. Well, they took a few penalties, but as good as the Dubé Lucic line was, Johnny Gaudreau was fantastic today. Like he was flying. Like even that, even that uh, at the very end before he got the empty net when he chased that puck down and pushed Morrissey into the empty. Yeah. Net. Fuck yes. Yeah. Johnny. That's what I want to see, man. That was awesome. That was great. And I love that. I absolutely love that pass um, from Monaghan to set Johnny up for the empty yeah. Because Monaghan could have shot that. Yeah, he probably could have scored. But he, it's like he recognized Johnny was so hungry. He's like, here you go, bud. Well, and Johnny Take had that, that Johnny Gaudreau, what she almost scored on that, that end-to-end rush on one of the power plays. I believe it was right before the oh, angle. Yeah. He, he, that's Johnny Gaudreau right there. Yeah. And fuck, if he just yeah. if he, but just he went five gone five hole. <laughs> he had the whole open Dude, just, glove do, side. What was he doing? I think Tobias Reader might need to give him some lessons on Dude, the fucking Dude, seriously, cheeto. I couldn't believe it because I thought it went in at first. I was like, oh, yeah, he got it. He got it. It bounced in. and That was close. The, he, he had the whole open glove side, Johnny. Somebody needs to talk to him about that. And what about, what do you think of his 20-second segment behind the net? That was fucking Dude, that great, was dude. awesome. But I, th- that was before Monahan had scored. And I was like, what are you doing, Monahan? Because Monahan was just literally standing there in the slot. Like, oh, my God. Lindholm got open for Johnny. But that was great. That was like, he controlled the puck a lot. I, there's not a lot of stats that I can find in terms of, like, who's had the puck in the offensive zone for for the night. Um, but I guarantee you Johnny drove was one of the leaders in terms of offensive possession time tonight with the puck. He was great. Yeah. Then um, the Jets make it close. Chucky has honestly that's that's a bit of a backbreaker. Yeah. For the Jets. That that caught power because, play goal. Yeah. Right after the Luci right after the Lucic disallowed goal and then the Lucic penalty. Yeah. Well, no, I mean the the Chucky goal after. Oh, for the, the Jets, you goal. mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because. They're just hanging on for dear life, oh, yeah. and they get a little bit of life, and then it's just like bang back then again. Well, it, that's exactly what we needed from Mac Chuck today because it's yep. like I've probably been a little too critical of him, but I mean, like I just find people always like he hasn't he until today he hasn't really made that much of a difference on the scoreboard, and I just we need that from him because as much as he's good as he is at drawing penalties and stirring shit up. You know, like, we still need him. He led this team in scoring this year. We need him to help us out on the scoreboard, like, legitimately. So, as soon as he scored that goal, fuck yes, I was I was so happy. That was, that was He needed that. The team needed that. And that's what we need, Matthew Kuchuk. Not, not that I'm saying he doesn't need to do all the other stuff. But it's just, like, at the end of the day, he needs to be a leader of this team on the scoreboard. So, the fact that he was the yep. one to deliver that dagger was fucking perfect. From that moment on, I was kind of yeah, relaxed me too. and it, like it takes it you know what it takes a lot for me to relax in a game well especially especially in playoff yeah, a lot but and i was relaxed yeah. like i was as relaxed as i could yeah. be but i was still relaxed yeah and then once lucic scores i'm just fucking on the phone and fucking <laughs> yeah dude what was he almost he, he whiffed on that that was such a Lucic goal. Has he scored no. one goal this year that he hasn't fanned? He hasn't fanned well, it. In? I mean, I was thinking of his first goal he scored as a flame. Remember, I think Dubé passed it to Derek Ryan, and then Derek Ryan made a beautiful setup to him. And do you remember, it was against Buffalo. He buried it into the goalie's paddle, and it almost didn't go in on an absolutely wide open yeah. net. That's all I was thinking I think of. I, was like, of course, eh? I think all of his goals technically shouldn't have been yeah. goals. So that was great. And like I said, I, I think that was a really heads up play by Dubé to shoot for a rebound there. Um, 
Yeah. No, I was, he was, and you could tell yeah. that he was definitely shooting very totally. well. Totally. And then, I mean, we've seen a couple of sick empty net goals, and that was another good one. But I, that was a great play by Johnny. And you know what? Like, even though you're up a lot of goals, I always liked seeing the Gaudreau line out there against, like, when the other team's pressing and for them to be able to turn around and fucking great hustle by Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with our PP2. Dude, that power play too like I'm is, not com- is like, as soon as it gets out, I'm like super invested. I'm like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. That's where I'm at. I'm not like, oh, they're probably going to score, but I'm like, I can't wait to watch PB2 go over. they scored a few really nice power play, well, two, I think, Backlund and Lucic. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh shit, what are they going to do this time? And I think it's because of dude. I think it's mainly been driven by Dubé. Well, then you have Manji Apani that if either one of them get yeah. the puck, it's like you know there's not going to be a dumb play about well, to happen. I like where they have them positioned too. Dubé on their right wing flank. I, dude, I really like that. That's a, that's a Yeah, and honestly, I think Geo is a nice touch on the PP2. Totally, 100%. You know, it bolsters it and if you can have yeah. Gus doing what he does in power play, if you can if you can bolster power play 2 without taking away from power play yeah. 1, that's a huge bonus. Yeah, through series 1, I would say that that decision to go with those two guys where they are is working well dude so the far. power play's been the difference you win game one yeah, because you capitalize on the power play you win game yep you probably you lost game you two. probably win game you probably win this game even if you don't score th- what they score three power play goals today monahan lindholm i think so yeah lucic because lucic. the 3m line was so dominant five on five today but the power play, special teams have been the difference you score on the power play in game two the series is probably over already but yeah, the, the yeah. power play clicking is good. And then, I mean, with Talbot, like, it's so weird that, like you said, we what was the huge talking point before heading into the series? Who's starting in net? Kellebuck's so good. It's like, goaltending has been, on either side, like, a non-issue. Like, I think Talbot's been fine. Kellebuck's been fine. But, like, it, it hasn't been the main narrative of the series. Yeah. So, give me a summary. Of the, we've seen three games now. We're up 2-1. We're one game away from advancing to the actual playoffs, yeah. round one. Where are you at? What are you What are you kind of anticipating what we're going to see in game four? Well, again, like, with the Jets being without their two best players, like, and I think that's what we saw today, they're just so outmatched. It's like, you know, like, yeah. when the Flames throw at the top yeah. line and then the 3M line, and then if that Lucic line is going, like, there's, there's just outmatched. So they're going to have to play a hell of a game four to tie this series up. I mean, they very well could, and if they could do it against any team, it's going to be the Flames, right? Yeah. So the if if they beat us, I think the recipe that we're going to see is Connor Connor Hellebuck actually makes a difference in in deciding factor of a game. Yeah. Plus, we see Blake Wheeler get into. Get yeah, they involved. and again, like for all the talk about how the Flames' best players need to be the Flames' best players, like. The Jets' best players have not been their best players, and mind you, they're without of two of them. But, I mean, again, like you said, Wheeler has not done much, and Hellebuck has yep. not stolen them a game. So that's going to be the key for them moving forward. But, I mean, yep. hopefully, but it's hopefully an, I'm not getting either... tricked by the Flames again and thinking that, you know, this is, this is not going to be any different yep. than game four. But it's an e- even tougher task. For that to happen, for for Hellebuck to steal a game in Sheffy, even because because it's so unfairly matched now. Yeah, and with Sheffy, I still don't think the Flames have played. Today was their probably their best game. They yeah, today was probably you know what game one was probably better. You know what? No, I think today was a better game. I think they played better today, especially five on five. Um, well, they played different. Yeah, they played. It was different, right? They they dominated. They dominated in game one. Um, but yep. today they were just like they just they played their game. They were relentless. They were smart. Like, like you know, there wasn't like any long stretches of them like you know not being yeah. in control of the game. So like again, we'll say this a million times: if the Flames play to their capabilities, they'll no problem. They'll win this series. So if they do that, I think it'll be enough to like again. The Jets are so shorthanded. If the Flames play like they did today or in Game One, in Game Four, they they win this series on Thursday night. What are the chances that we score a first goal for once? Dude, throw Like, would throw it not be kind of nice to have a fuck... Would it not be kind of nice to actually have a one goal? Well, you know what? Like, that sure would really that would really help because if they get that first one... 
Like, that could really do it in for the Jets. It's like, shit, you know what? We're without so many players right now. Why don't we just give up? <laughs> so that could, that could be Trace. a trade. If the Flames come out, like, that's what we always want to see. And we never seem to get to see is them just come out flying and end the stupid game early yeah. so we can just all goddamn relax. I mean that that would do wonders probably for this team if they could do that. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's the game plan. It's like we've planted the seeded out. It's in yeah. there. Let's fucking water that shit in the first period. Let's get up by a goal or two, and then you know maybe they go away. So hopefully, like your your soliloquy at the end of the game one recap. Pretty much right. washed away the the second ten minutes into game two. Yeah. <laughs> so what's yeah. your soliloquy for today? Oh man, if I try and predict what this, <laughs> it's weird because after game one, my prediction was like, oh yeah, they're gonna continue in game exactly. two. Exactly. And then after I feel exactly the same after, after game, this game as I did after game one, which is like, yeah, they got this. Well, no, I, I I'm different because after game two, I'm like, oh yeah, we should have fucking known. Now, after game three, I'm like, I don't even know, and I honestly don't even care. Stop trying to make So, maybe may, maybe that's a telling place where once I don't care, then that means we're going to win. 